0: Welcome back to a brand new episode of We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb, uh, one of the United fans, alongside, alongside my other United fan, Sasha Drago. Have I done that one yet? I must have done that one.
1: Oh, well, it's okay. It's okay, Caleb Forsberg. I'm sure I've done that one. <laughs> but this time, I'm, it's after uh, Chris Forsberg, the Formula Drift racer, who drives a uh, 350 Nissan Z, uh, 350 Z Nissan.
0: Oh, I, sh- I should definitely do uh, is it Kivat, who we- <laughs> Drove an F1 last year for Alfa Romeo. Most likely, well, but I also, I mean... I also do Mazapin. He's right there. But yeah. the the worst driver in F1. <laughs> this is an F1 podcast, but don't don't <laughs> don't adjust your dial.
1: We do talk about soccer on here.
0: We do, we do. We do call it soccer on here, if you <laughs> turn to that by the title. Um, Sasha We've mentioned this before, but you're on like the Olympics sleep schedule, yes, pretty much, and only because of the Olympics, no jobs or anything. You're like, I need to train for the Olympics. I'm like, oh, what events are you going to? And you're like, watching live. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So, are you are you mostly watching like the like usual suspects like gymnastics or swimming or the or like some like what's the weirdest sport you've like been watching at like four o'clock in the
1: morning? Uh, the weirdest? Um Hmm. Probably water polo. That's one that's like I don't think is interesting, but if you sit down, you could actually get interested in. Oh, you, you <laughs> mean uh competitive drowning? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's one the Olympics have a magical way of making anything that could seem not interesting interesting. Um that's you know, that's the one of the, one of the beauties of the Olympics and that's what it helps inspire younger kids to go and do those sports. Um uh. So yeah, I have to say it's water polo. Okay. Um, Not anywhere close to my favorite. I I definitely think archery was like the most fun to watch. It's like it's so it's so intense. Like you would not think that watching archery would be intense, but it is.
0: I mean, I did watch Brave, (laughs) so that like that scene is pretty intense. So how many uh, fair lasses (laughs) shot through their suitors' arrows? (laughs) I don't.
1: If you haven't watched Brave, this is a very weird reference and very weird tense I just said. Uh, I mean, nonsense and not aiming at the same target, but the equivalent of that is the fact that like the two finalists for men's scored identically for like three rounds in a row. Like not the not that the, 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 at the end of the round they were tied. Each shot was the same exact score until one of them slipped up and got an eight, and their their opponent got uh, a nine. It was Italy and Turkey in the final. No, the turkey one. Okay, but yeah, like I was just like, oh my god, I would, you'd be if you were matching a shot perfectly for three rounds, like like, and each yeah. round had like five shots, like the, like fourteen shots, and you have not slipped up. Like you, it's gonna get to you eventually. Just think of the amount of pressure you're under. I <laughs> so. I kind
0: of know how you feel. Like being up, said an, an, an ungodly hour because I got up really early. I don't know if I got up really early or just stayed awake for the uh, men's curling championship or gold medal final was US versus Canada at super De curling for the winter Olympics and was it Soshi no that was uh, Korea and so I, I think that it started at like one o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning and I stayed up and watched it and the US won so I, I think I helped that by staying up and watching it so <laughs>
1: I mean, curling is the water polo of Winter Olympics. It's something you would not think is exciting, but it is when you sit down and observe it in the Olympics.
0: If you could add a game to any Olympics, what would it be? I'd add one if I, if you want me to go first. Go for it's it. ash throwing. It's right Ooh. there. It's basically archery, but more badass. Mm-hmm. So you can drink while you do it.
1: Uh, when that was, this one has already been done, but I wanted to see returned as esports, right? Because <laughs> Korea can just be like, yeah, we dominate at everything. But I I think it's funny because like there's so many people who are accustomed to traditional sports and they're so out of their element when you introduce like I don't know a StarCraft or a League of Legends I'm, or anything that I'm, requires a video game. There were old people complaining <laughs> about skateboarding
0: being a da- uh, Olympic game. That's, you you want to add esports? that <laughs>
1: no, would it be like? Overwatch, or would it be like we're playing FIFA? Uh, it'd be like Overwatch. Okay. It's it's ironic though that people are arguing about skateboarding because there are they have Tony Hawk who's like ancient now, and they also had a 43 year old woman for the US like competing uh, in, in skating street. So like, well, I don't know. Well,
0: Tony Hawk didn't compete, which is a shame because no. he would he would have tore it up <laughs> back in the day. But yeah, st- yeah, skateboarding was a lot of fun to watch. I think the the part yeah, last night was. Which is like, oh man, it's like real-life Tony Hawk Pro Stater because they're actually you know, landing all these awesome tricks. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what isn't an Olympic sport. VAR reviews. Although it should be. If, if it was, this referee for the vancouver vs United game would. Did um, disqualified. I think? Yeah. And like banned for life from the Olympics, I'm guessing. Um, let's let's get into it if you haven't watched this game. Yeah. Uh, 2-2 uh, Vancouver versus men. Uh, Manchester Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> <Minnesota> <laughs> United um, played at Real Salt Lake because Vancouver has yet to return to the BC place in Vancouver. Um, Dahomey for Vancouver, great name, but didn't deserve a start of brace in this game. Ethan Finley got his first of the year, and Robin Lude scored what should have been the uh, go-ahead and winning goal late for the Loons. Um, Uno hit the post. I think Reynoso also hit had, had should have scored a couple, maybe one or two goals. Um mm-hmm. the penalty. Second and a half stoppage time. Uh loose ball in the bot. Ethan's running towards it. Um Dahomey Um like, starts arm wrestling catches up with Ethan, arm wrestles him. Throws his leg over the top of Ethan, trips them both, and they go down. Penalty. Is that an accurate statement, or am I being mean, too much of a homer?
1: No, it's an accurate okay. statement. Uh, ref sees it from behind and instantly points to the spot. And there's kind of this stunned reaction from Minnesota. So the, there was no crowd here, and there were a lot of hot mics catching, picking up things. And I think you hear a Minnesota Minnesota's player say like. There's no fucking way that's a penalty. Like, is this your first game officiating? I think it's Will Trap, because the screen wasn't on the person saying it, but you hear it clearly before the PK is taken. Oh, I love Will um, Trap. Yeah, and I think Will Trap isn't a guy to bullshit either. Like, he's he's a veteran, so he is. He's calling it how he sees it. I think he's calling it how he resi- Like, Finley's in complete disbelief as he's kneeling on the ground there. Yeah, so that VR call was completely wrong. The ref goes to his ear, doesn't go to the screen, which I think is the biggest issue. Because from behind, I can see where he makes the mistake, mm-hmm. right? Because it happened so fast. Yeah. But if you see it from the front, it's very clearly Finley getting tripped, not the other way around. Like, it, it, Finley getting arm-wrestled and then tripped.
0: Yeah, it's, it's either a foul on Dahomey or yeah. it's 50-50, you know, no call, which I yeah. would also been okay with. Um, according to Cal Williams, who is the uh, – Play announcer for Manchester United. Um VAR did tell the ref to um go to the monitor, but the ref just didn't. I didn't know that was an option. That they can just like ignore the VAR officials, like you should probably take with this. Nah, I'm right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was like what well, his first or second had a ref being in MLS. Um he was the fourth. Of, he was the fourth official at a, at a, I think, an Austin Houston at the Austin Houston game, a couple nights ago that we'll talk about later. Um, that reveals a lot about that game. Suddenly, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're not going to give his name out. Um, yeah. I'm happy he hasn't been uh, doxed like Ted Uncle was by the Orlando City fans. It was a shitty call. Yeah. yeah. At the same time shitty calls happen. Like, Vars supposed to omit these shitty calls, but as we've seen in England, it, it doesn't. <laughs> so, yeah. I was extremely pissed off Saturday night, but by Sunday morning, it's like, you know what? It's, it's fucking fine. Like, yeah. two, two points on the road against LAFC and Vancouver. After the start we had this season, I would take that. You know, yeah. especially the, the draw against LAFC, but I don't know, man. It, it's okay. It's okay. I'm I'm yeah. telling the listener
1: this and also myself this at the same time. Yeah, um, this ref. I think it's okay to have a quick judgment call if you have that instinct, but I think it's a bad trait in a ref if VR tells you to review something on screen and you decide to bypass it. Yeah, as if like that's that's not good roughing. So, and um,
0: pro referees yeah. is never gonna publicly reprimand the ref no but we might not see him at a head refereeing date anytime soon he might be the fourth ref for a while because i wonder i don't know who like reviews referees but if what cal says is true not listening to the var official is a a red flag or it should be like hey you should probably do this it's a it's a learning moment for the referee like you should yeah yeah
1: they're going to hide this rough away and then bring him out at, like, a very pivotal, pivotal U.S. men's game versus, like, Jamaica or, like, Costa Rica in the in the octagon. The Ocho instead of the Hex. It's to be qualifiers for the World Cup. We have not seen this guy. And then they're going to bring him in, and it's going to be complete drama. And then they're going <laughs> to see that name. And then we're like, oh, well, that explains it. We're gonna... Where's that? Name is very familiar. Oh, No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: And oh. this, this call was pretty universally panned even by Vancouver fans and by the Vancouver announcing team as well. So I, I don't feel too bad in saying it was a terrible call. But onward and upwards, we're playing Houston this Saturday. And we're getting to who we would choose because we have questions from our Patreons. So then com slash T W United fans. $3 a month gets you access to our Slack channel. ask us questions for each podcast. We have to answer them. Um... Which hasn't backfired so far. So, <laughs> um, first one's from Chris. Actually, I have a few from Chris. Um, Uno startles: reality or illusion?
1: Uh, I'm gonna say the reality, um, but I don't think. I think you have to put it in the context. He's a, pl- a new player who's transferred, and he did. He his skill is reflected in his ability to score very early. But you still need time to build chemistry with the team, especially when you have a rotating squad. That on top of having to go to LA and then Salt Lake and then you're practicing in Minnesota while there is a heat like heat warning and air quality warning mm-hmm. prevents you from having time with the team. So then you don't get to build that chemistry that Lude and Reynosa already have. So I think the struggle is real, but it's in the context of those factors. Um, I didn't agree with you at first, but I think your argument
0: makes a lot of sense. Um, he scored two goals early on in his tenure here. Uh, let's not forget how Lude started his tenure here. He <laughs> uh, scored one goal. Uh, that was in the U.S. Open Cup Final all 2019. And then last year he came on, and now he's our leading store. So I think Uno is one of those signings where it's going to take a little time, but he's, I think he's better than Lude because he's already scored twice. Um, he hit the post, unluckily, in Vancouver. But he was in the right position, put a good head on the ball, just didn't get his angles right. I mean the the goalie was completely rooted to the spot, so I think he'll he'll gain that chemistry quicker than Lude did because our attackers are are better than the than when Lude got here. kind uh, to brings you to our next us uh, to our next question, also from Chris. What right now is Miss United's best attacking band of four? This is a hard. Question. I know because there's so many options. <laughs>
1: it, it is. I think. <sighs> What's weird to say about this is that the Nico Hansen, Lude, Finley dilemma, yeah, right? right? They all can play. Nico Hansen can play on the left. Um, you also have the question of, like, where do you want to put Dotson? Do you want him put more centralized where he's – I think he's good, or do you want him to put him back by – because when you put him centralized, then you put your Ch- Ch- Corey Hayes behind him as well, which I think is a great combo. So it's, it's such a hard question to ask. I will say that I like Lude on the right, Reynosa on the center mm-hmm. – you can put Hansen on left, and then who now up front? That was the that was the the four that we put up against Portland in Portland. I liked it, but there's so many different combinations you can have. Yeah, I,
0: cause, I think we l- looked at the front four. You you want either Lude or Uno at, at that starter spot, yeah. And you can either start Lude on the right and move him to the center if it's not working out with Uno, um, or and I think Ethan is still best served as a late su- as a substitution second half with his speed and pace. He can burn tired defenders. Nito's kind of like that too, honestly. We yeah. have two really good winners who can just punish defenses that are already sweating their asses off. Um, mm-hmm. Franco's pretty good on the left hand side. He's kind of fallen off. Uh, we found out recently he has he's been starting with a little bit of an injury. Um, I don't think he'll play. He's ready to play net this uh, Saturday, maybe next Saturday. But when he's on, he's pretty good with his passing and his even his, his scoring.
1: Yeah, him, Reynoso, and Chase have so much good chemistry mm-hmm. making triangles on the left side. It's such a treat to watch. And
0: that's important too to to uh, play with Chase on the left hand side. We we saw it with um, our early um, lineups without Franco that Chase is a little exposed. Mm-hmm. Um. But right now, so definitely has to be in the middle. Um, the right wing, I would probably go Lude, Uno up top. And then if he's healthy, uh, Fardapani. If he's not, uh, Nico. Just as I think that signing is
1: extremely underrated, that Nico Hansen signing. He gets out very wide, and he's so good at receiving the ball. Like, he gets out in these open positions that you're like, oh, that'll, that'll be a hard place to receive the ball to, and then quickly go for a sprint. And he does it consistently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and,
0: he is underrated. And he yeah. hustles. He yeah. never, like, jogs back. Like we, There's a video. I don't know if you saw this. Um, someone posted a video of it was Inter Miami, and it was Gonzalo Higuain walking on an attack from their own half. In the twenty-third minute, just walking, and then suddenly they're they have the ball wide, trying to cross into the to, to the into the box. No one's there because Nenzo Nenzo was just
1: walking. <laughs> it's Toronto it's, and Inter Miami like outdoing each other for that like <laughs> wooden spoon award this this season. Here's <laughs> have some signing oh. news for the Loons. Uh, mm-hmm. Loons signed Honduran
0: youth international Joe Rosales. Um, he played in the Olympic qualifiers for Honduras. They end up qualifying for whatever reason. He wasn't included in the Olympic roster. Um, with his club in Panama, he did. He does have a few games under his belt in the Tantra Taft Champions League. Um, I think he has two goals, three assists, central midfielder in all appearances for his club in Panama.
1: Um, does he play? I'm so worried that this is going to be another international signing that is overlooked. Uh... Why, i'm having brain fart over flopsy mopsy hair hair boy but i feel like he's good <laughs> you know who i'm talking uh, about his, for, his,
0: his full name is uh thomas flopsy mopsy Chacon. so <laughs> thank
1: you thank you yeah i feel like he might i don't want him to be another Chacon.
0: also that's an, now our new uh the title <laughs> the title of this episode is flopsy mopsy i hope you know that
1: <laughs> I, I love it when we discover the title <laughs> uh, yeah uh,
0: i should say he's on loan for 18 months <laughs> Now, gives the the loons plenty of time to evaluate him, see if he's ready to make the step to MLS, if he's ready to join this team. That probably means Jan is gone for this season. I believe there's a team option for Jan, but you 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 activate that team option and you shop him. Try to try to get some assets back, either from MLS or abroad, because right now he he's been forced out by Asani Dotson. And he's older than Hassani Dotson. He's around the same age as Will Trap, but they play different styles. So you want to keep Will Trap in there. But you also want to like have someone young and upcoming behind Hassani and Will. And that's not, that's not Andre Gregus. That's hopefully uh, Rosales.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know how, how, t- how tall Joe Rosales is. Because if, if you line up <laughs> I'm, Hayes, I'm, Alonzo, Trap... You know, and <laughs> they're, Dotson. They're then you're gonna have Gray Goose over here, like <laughs> over a foot tall. Than all, of them. yeah. You need the balance of a, of a tall guy in center midfield. I think. Yeah,
0: yeah. Right now it's a crowded <laughs> midfield, but I think it's, I think it's 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 identified it that Jan, his days are numbered here in Minnesota, and hopefully they can capitalize on his his value. Um, some more news: Emmanuel Reynoso made to the MLS All Star team. Um, another question from Chris. How mad are we that Dotson was ignored for MLS All-Star? And why is that not that mad? Because he doesn't risk meaningless injury. I mean, he answered his own question. I agree with it. 100%. 100%, 100% yeah. yeah. And like, yeah.
1: He, Dotson's been putting so and, many miles. If you look,
0: like, MLS All-Star games are, are, are weird. Because they don't play... It's not like normal US All-Star games where it's like East versus West or... American League versus National League. It's MLS All-Stars versus a European team. And there are plenty of players on every team that are well-deserving of an All-Star, but there's just not that many spots. Even from Minnesota, you could argue, before he was injured, Michael Boxall probably deserved a spot in the MLS All-Star team. You could mm-hmm. argue that Dotson also. You would argue Lewd, also. But yeah. there's, what, 23 spots, and... More teams than that. So we got one, and that's enough. And Reynoso definitely deserves it because he's definitely turned it on since he came back from that tap injury. We spent nearly 20 minutes on intro and Miss United. We have so, so much stuff to talk about. <laughs> so let's move on quickly to yeah. some MLS transfers. The transfer window closed yesterday. um Roster freezes, all that. Oh, shoot. I just remembered it was announced yesterday that Ike has been bought out by Minnesota United. Um, according to Andy Greeter of the Pioneer Press, uh, this happened in the offseason, but they announced it for the roster freeze yesterday. Unfortunately, his career was derailed by a concussion. And that's now the second player that, that, that's, that hap- that's happened to in Minnesota uh, after Sam Cronin. Hopefully, he can get healthy again. But if not, He's such a sharp mind that either in a front office, in a backroom staff, or on camera, he would be invaluable. And he he, cha- he changed this team. His locker room presence changed this team from a basement-dwelling, shitty-defending team to playoff-slash-Western Conference final. Was in conference final potential.
1: I think it would be great if Ikapara covered the team in a media position. He has so many relationships with people in the league that insight is invaluable. Uh, Seattle did it with uh, uh, Z- uh, with Zekawani and Brad Evans, mm-hmm. also two veteran players, and it's so m- much fun to hear what they say because uh, it's real players talking about you know you know talking about the league. Yeah, and Minnesota,
0: At, yeah, Minnesota had yeah. it with Jimmy Watson mm-hmm. when they came into the league. He's now in Nashville. If the relationship is still there, reach out. If he, but I understand if he still wants to take his time and decide his next move. Um, and I could see him honestly returning to Kansas City in some, in some. Media or, backroom staff or front office role because that's really where his heart is, not Minnesota.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: Which, honestly i want i want to see more in soccer because he's hilarious and his mind is super sharp and he's very uh well-versed in this game
1: mm-hmm.
0: so thank you act Power, for your service you've you changed this team immensely and yeah it really sucks to see you don't like this he listens because i think the man also told him last week like hey she's listening to this <laughs> <laughs> note on mls transfers we have some youngsters going from a from mls to a their next challenge overseas first the canadian tajan buchanan uh, goes to club bruges in belgium he will be loaned back to new england for the rest of the mls season but this left back exploded on the scene last year had a great run in the gold cup of canada and all because Vancouver traded their draft pick to New England for I think Kai Tamara. That's why he's at New England, that's why he's so good now. <laughs> um Sam Vines from Colorado to Royal Antwerp also in Belgium. He will actually be going there. Um and starting the preseason with them. So I don't know where you can watch the Belgian League, maybe ESPN plus, but you got some more uh MLS Players to watch now: um, Gianluca Busio from Kansas City to uh, Serie A side Venezia, who have the like sharpest tits in the in the world. I think. Have you seen these? I've
1: have not. we have am looking this these? up right now. They're, they're,
0: I wouldn't be surprised if like famous people who had no idea about soccer wore these for like fashion. Like if Justin Bieber like walked out in this, he would be
1: like, yeah, no, that's, that that sounds about right. They that is pretty dope. Yeah. Um. Oh my! Also, like, freaking cool mascot is that like a griffin? Yeah. It's Th- awesome. That is that is pretty. That's pretty awesome. That's something I haven't seen in soccer before. So
0: I wish I was a Ten City fan because I would get a Busio Venezia shirt. If I do now, it's, it'd just be weird. Like, why are you doing this? You're not. Kansas City fan or a Venezia fan like I could be I'm, I'm not but a um, little older player but Premislav Frankowski moves from Chicago to uh side RC Lens um, never really had the chance in Chicago that he deserved um, yeah La United signed Luis Araujo from lidon Champions Lille um, as a designated player um, they were turned bound down by Ricardo Horta from i don't know remember what league designer he's from but they like paid 16 million for him he's like nah, I'm good <laughs> you don't have a coach and you're like in shambles right now I'm good right here <laughs> yeah. Horta good right here <laughs> and so i don't know what uh, Araujo is gonna get himself into but so far Atlanta United doesn't have a coach and honestly Darren Niels and across what Nedra should probably have their jobs looked into um
1: i mean for, for just on a fast note on that atlanta united has to be pretty bad that even though, i mean Lille is champions but the french league is kind of a sinking ship so to ju- <laughs> so to jump to that league from atlanta united says how bad things are internally over at that team
0: and really quickly because we're almost at a half hour uh, yeah. Red Bull signed Urduan Youth Defender Lucas Manzan from Danubio FC. Seattle signed Nicholas Benese from Colorado and Leo Chu from Grêmio in Brazil. Jeremy Ababasi signed with San Jose, traded to them. Bondo's apprentice, is it more perfect? This the, the one who we missed out on now is probably gonna be the Nets MLS leading score. Great. Awesome. But also like couldn't happen to a greater guy. I I'm cheering for Ababasi all the way. Vancouver signed Florian Youngworth from San Jose, Ryan Gold um, as DP. I remember playing FIFA with Ryan Gold, also FM with Ryan Gold. He helped me win the Scottish Premier League with Partick Thistle in FM, like 16, 17. I go back deep with Ryan Gold. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ecuadorian Inter- Youth International Pedro Vite also moves to Vancouver, and Houston signed. <sighs> Adalberto Carstia, I think I think I have nailed that, from FC Cartagena. I butchered the team name, but I think I nailed that player name, so good job me. Now to the moment you all have been waiting for. Huge news that shook the soccer world yesterday as we're recording this. Lionel Messi, leave, leaving Barcelona, announced today, probably signing with PSG. Almost confirmed. Hasn't been confirmed by the team yet, but like all the, like the journalists who are very very uh, accurate in their reports are like it's happening. PSG. Now let's talk about why this happened. <laughs> La Liga has a salary cap now because of some sort of failed uh, TV deal in Europe. Kind of similar to what Lead One went to, only Lead One isn't on ESPN in America. Uh, also, how pissed are ESPN right now? That <laughs> they paid all this money for Lillian rights in America and, the, and no, mas- no more best player in the world. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Tosco is now Memphis Depay versus Vinicius Jr. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> um. <laughs> So salary cap has been issued for this season. Um, wasn't last season. They could spend as much as they wanted. Um, Real Madrid put out a statement condemning it because they can't do as much business as they needed to. Already lost uh, Rafael Varan and Sergio Ramos. Um, some two high earners in their club. Two very important center backs for their club. And now Barcelona is losing Messi, who I heard on the podcast would take up more than half of their salary cap if he had stayed, which is untenable. Yeah, it really is. And now, good news for the Barcelona like bookkeepers. Sergio Duero, who's also probably making a ton of money, wants out of his contract to Barcelona. Now, he signed for free after leaving Man City, mostly because he was going to play with Lionel Messi. But now he has his lawyers looking at the contract, trying to find a way out because he no longer wants to play for Barcelona because Messi won't be there.
1: And I think this would work out for both Barcelona and Aguero because it really seemed like Barcelona didn't really c- care whether Aguero played well. They brought him in just so he could whisper into Messi's ear to keep him. And now <laughs> that Messi's not staying, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, yeah, we'll let you go, dude. Your fu- their, your true function is gone. <laughs> His lawyers
0: like looking like, line by line. The Barcelona and takes it like, looks at it like. He can leave, writes on there and just gives <laughs> back to him. <laughs> I don't care. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. And, like, no. I, I, really, I really did like the business they were doing. They signed mm-hmm. Eric Garcia on a free, a former tattoo product who had spent some time in Man City, sent Memphis to Pi on a free. They, for once, they were smart with their money.
1: When they're forced to be. When they like, yes, have exactly. to pinch the
0: pennies. yeah. They're still trying to <laughs> offload some pretty big contracts in Yasmin Coutinho and Osman Dembele and Samuel yep. and Titi. But if I'm Barcelona, I have the, probably the top three, one of the top three best academies in, in the entire world. They have a center mid, Ilias Mariba, who is like the next Iniesta, just like waiting. Bring him up. Bring the youngsters in. Let them play a year in La Liga. They'll develop. You might not win this year, but who gives a shit?
1: Yeah, it's okay to have one bad year if you're building your new new all-star squad. Messi's gone. You you need to rebuild. Yes. And you don't have the money to buy it. Like, you don't need to buy from your competitors. You have, like you said, you have the academy. We we have our last
0: uh, pod question from Eric, my dad. Um, Where will Messi end up? Liverpool? No. (laughs) <laughs> Paris Saint-Germain. They've they've signed Donnarumma. They've signed Wijnaldum. They've signed Sergio Ramos. Now they have Messi. I mean, supposedly. Uh, we heard earlier this year that, oh yeah, Messi and Barcelona signed a new contract. No, they didn't. So until this is confirmed by the club and the player, grain of salt, okay? But PSG, probably. If they... Pull a PSG in the Champions League again? Again. Where's the excuse? Murcia Pochettino,
1: what are you doing? I would hate to be in his shoes, because when you're dealing with that many stars, it's so hard to get like cohesive team chemistry. And presumably, uh, they'll be signing Sergio Oduro soon. Yeah. <laughs> Manchester City and PSG just absorb each like become one super club and uh, then the, w- use that buying power to create the Super League. <laughs> no, but I, I the sad thing is that like if they do poorly, Pochettino's out. Even though it might not necessarily be his fault.
0: No, I and I really like <laughs> Pochettino as a coach. I think he does. Yeah. definitely deserves more time. If he like, I mean, it's it's so weird to think about this this way you go know, from Spurs where you had zero money or zero like wiggle room and now yeah. PSG's like yeah we signed it's messy he's like what just happened I I <laughs> oh, oh, okay yeah I mean no, that's, no that's, that's great that's great I just have to you know read down my entire offense to focus on one player so you either made my life a lot easier or a lot harder so <laughs> yeah um Apparently losing lead on turns you into just Scrooge McDuck,
1: just diving into the the bank vault and just (laughs) throwing gold coins at everybody. Um, This is going to be so make or break. Like everybody who has followed the messy Neymar, I don't know, saga at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's make or break on whether those two succeed or fail. Um, But you know, one thing's for certain, the media will not stop talking about them for the next, next 12 no, absolutely months. absolutely not. And,
0: I mean, we'll talk about it when it actually happens, but Legon is, I think, I mean, we talked about it a lot in this podcast already. Their TV rights are are the reason why they're in this financial mess. Pretty much everyone is in dire straits except for fucking PSG. Mm-hmm. Does Messi allow them to get a better TV deal somewhere? like Right on there on BN Sports in America, which no one has. I mean, I don't have it. Do you have it? No. I mean, I think maybe Blackheart has it. I don't know. If Messi's there, do Lidon try to buy the rights back and sell to someone else, either in Europe or in America? I think so. Uh, that'd be, like, the smart play. Like, Here, money back, please. And then, or here's your money back. Give us rights back. We're going to go to Fox in America. Or, or CBS, because they have the Champions yeah. League.
1: Those are the two that would go for it. I think CBS... I think CBS has the more of the viewers for it, but I think Fox might have the money. It's,
0: CBS also has the better, like, uh, analysts, I think. They have mm-hmm. Jamie Carragher and... Oh, the F- Michael Richards, I think, are fantastic analysts. Or the, they go NBC, and now it's Lidl and, and Premier League. Who knows? And then in yeah. Europe, I don't even know where they would go, because I don't know any TV there. But they could get a better deal and hopefully get their clubs out of financial distress, which would be a sad situation for MLS clubs, who are like, oh, just take that player for, you know, hey, here's $10 million. <laughs> You can... It'll... Yeah. You're poor. Take it. Or whatever. (laughs) Um... Any other thoughts on... Messi? Any hot
1: takes? Uh, No, no. I'm gonna let... I'm gonna let like... The season... Determine the judgment.
0: I mean, we've seen... Messi doesn't guarantee a Champions League... Trophy. Mm -hmm. But PSG needs this... And wants it so badly. Mm -hmm. Um... Semifinals, I think they get knocked out. Yeah. Either by, yeah. I think probably by either, well, it depends what, how this transfer shakes out, but I would pick Inter to go pretty far in the Champions League if they keep Lukaku. But that's for another t- podcast. <laughs> Let's yeah. not do any predictions here because <laughs> yeah. we've proven we're terrible at them, as you will see in the OMBIC men's tournament. Um, Other big news coming on MLS this time. FC Cincinnati and general manager Gerald Nietamp mutually part ways. Um, He inherited a mess and leaves it a cleaner mess, but still a mess at Cincinnati. They're they're now the poster child for how not to run a a franchise in MLS.
1: Yeah. Um, We always use a a dumpster fire or some type of fire to talk about this club. Um, He was the first one that considered maybe not using. Uh, something inflammable to try to deal with the team, you could say. Yeah.
0: He, he uh, ruled it on to his uh, Dutch connections. Um, now, Opstam is there. Their old coach, whose name I'm, is, I'm predicting, got like, released as he used racial language. Uh, um, <laughs> but the, a lot of Dutch players he signed, like Sam de Jong, and um, who's the director there that they signed from Brighton oh shoot he hasn't scored for them at all but um just a lot of a lot of his signings didn't hit Tim DeJong isn't there anymore uh you argue that Brenner is not doing as well as he should be because they paid 13 million for him but at least they're not, they're not in Tier Miami so <laughs> you know yeah. that going for them and then just some quick news here Sidney LaRue announced a separation from Dumb Dwyer um thousand people magazine that she sent me so this is yeah. the first time we sourced people i think in this podcast but
1: it, it was done the, the, covered by several others including she changed her name on uh, instagram and she put out a message personally asking for privacy right now so yeah. i don't want to speculate on that announcement
0: i uh, hope peace and amicability in their relationship going forward i'm not too mls stores and you might be wondering caleb sasha Holy shit, you're forty minutes into this episode. You didn't cover all the MLS games from the past week? No. <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. We didn't cover um, all the games where there was a winner. Luckily for us there yes. were four. So <laughs> <laughs> Thank the Soccer Gods in that one. Um, yeah First up, DC four, crew two. Sasha, take it away, please.
1: Yeah, uh, we got two braces from dc here by ola kamara and yordi reyna um this was an example of what that crew is, is is lacking without uh some of their bigger players um kevin molino a familiar name did score his first goal of the season he's finally recovering from injury yeah. uh, lucas del Reon, who's their uh, crews leading goal scorer also scored a goal but those two goals were enough to, to deal with the four that dc scored
0: I, I saw the i think crew tweet out hot boy i was like oh so, he scored i'm so happy for him yeah,
1: yeah. Also, maracas
0: also oh. pro tip never I, I would try to find diffs for each player don't search hot boy and diffs for on twitter <laughs> you won't find what you're looking for you'll just be confused and like wait no that's not what i wanted where's kevin kevin where are you Uh, Philadelphia three Toronto nil, uh, Philly scored three in the first half. Lesnys Gazdag, which is a fucking fantastic name. I don't know what his first name is. I don't care what it is. I'm calling him Gazdag, G A Z D A G. Yep. Hell yeah. And uh, Sergio Santos all scored before the 40th minute. Uh, Toronto only one shot on goal in this game.
1: Yeah. Uh, I remember watching watching this game and there was a play where there's a pass straight up the midfield. Going past six Toronto players who are must be at the water cooler. Ha- water cooler, having a meeting, being like, "Oh, the balls in our half. Should we have a meeting about that at two? Oh, Michael Bradley, could you cc me on that email? Because like they <laughs> clearly have given Here's up. The this most season.
0: recent Ted Lasso it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Should we be playing soccer? No, that's what they do in the game, in the show. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Um. So good job, Philly. Austin three, Houston two. <laughs> This game, I mean, Austin's very lucky that Darwin Saren's had to elbow someone in the face
1: early on. So Yeah, so yeah, Darwin Saren got a red card in the 20th minute for doing that elbow. Uh, Austin was only ahead 1-0 at the time from Thomas Pochettino's uh, goal, which also was pretty lucky. It hits the corner, bounces off with so much force, it uh, hits uh, defender Zarek, Zarek Valentin. Uh, it's not counted as an own goal, uh, nothing he could do about it. So, the Austin's ahead. They, uh, Houston goes down a man, and then Houston scores, which is indicative of just how bad Austin yeah, is. T-
0: Tyler uh, Pasher, we should mention yeah. Canadian, Canadian international or former international, but from yeah. ND eleven, um, given a chance in the team, and it has been doing very well for Houston. That's a very savvy signing by Tab Ramos.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, great goal from him. Uh, brings it up one one. But Thomas Pechicino, uh finishes his brace right at the end of first half in the 46th minute. Um, but, the, but the tale wasn't over. Second half, Cecilio Dominguez comes out, uh, scores in the f- 56th minute. Uh, Fafa Pico for Houston Dynamo uh, scores their second. Uh, uh, terrible goalkeeping. I yes. I in the, the,
0: the two second half goals. Oh, mm-hmm. Pechettino's second goal and also in Pico's goal. Um, Pechettino's second kind of just builds from a shot by an Austin player just straight to him and then really should have been gobbled up by that Houston goalkeeper. And then the Austin goalkeeper just passes it straight to Pico, which <laughs> you don't want to do. I'm not – Sasha, listeners, I'm not a soccer expert. I know you might think I am, but I'm not. But I'm pretty sure you don't want to pass to – if you're a goalkeeper, you don't want to pass to the opposing player.
1: Definitely not one one of the most powerful strikers uh, <laughs> on fact, the team. Yeah. Yes, uh, he jumped on that in an instant. And <laughs> this you could, like, imagine the look of horror on the goalkeeper's face when he sees <laughs> where, the, where the ball lands. Because uh, Fafo puts it away. An, oh, <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, LAFC 1, SJC 4... Is LFC good? We usually save this bit for Colorado, but Sasha, is LFC good?
1: <laughs> their LFC is their own syndrome in MLS, where they can be good and then they become their worst enemy, and that was very clear in this game. In front of a home crowd, they lose to probably the strongest team in the West right now. I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, SKC. Four different goal scorers, three goals from in the first half from SKC with Polito, Lewis Martins, and uh, Daniel Salai? Uh, Shallowy. Sal- Shallowy, thank yep. you. Uh, uh, one of our favorite names to say, Gotti Kinda scored in the second half for <sighs> SKC. Th- kind of scored. <laughs> kind of <Kinda> scored. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, on LAFC's side, uh, Danny Masovsky scored. And if that name doesn't sound familiar to you, it's because he was the one of the players called up from the Las Vegas Lights, uh, and he formerly played for Reno, in 1968. Uh, LAFC still has players that are away on international duty, so he came up uh, to fill that spot. Yeah, that's good. And, and, he scored. And, yeah.
0: Um, I have a question for you, kind of about this game. But is Bob Bradley's seat hot?
1: Yes. Okay. I think it should be because you have you have Blessing, you have you have Rossi, you have Vela, you have so many good players. Blowouts like this shouldn't happen. So I'm, what, I just mentioned all offensive players, and this is a defensive <laughs> issue, but it still shouldn't happen.
0: No, and they've always had a pretty solid defense, um, but I I would argue that they've gotten worse every year. And you might disagree with I that, can... but I would say from year one to now they're in year three, worse than they were in year one. And year two was worse than year one. And year three is now worse than year two. Yeah. Um, no MLS Cup trophies. No US Open Cup trophies. Although US Open Cup trophies can't happen if there's no US Cup. Um, which isn't happening again this year. But this team was expected to challenge and win MLS Cup supporter shields immediately. And they're not... So, yeah, I don't know. Bob uh, Bradley, watch your back. Also, do you want to come to Minnesota? We have hot <laughs> dish. It's really good. Try the little fist. You'll like it. You'll like it. It's fine. Uh, Gold Cup Final. U.S. men's national Team won, Mexico nil, And, oh, that sweet music to my ears. That roar yes. of the crowd when Miles Robinson scored in the 117th minute. I mean, I don't care if he plays for Atlanta United. He had a U.S. press in his chest, so he's my man. Also, yes. I
1: should mention his name is Miles Robin Daddy now. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out on the assist from Kelly Acosta. I think he had a great tournament the whole time. <sighs> he he reminds me of a. Um, oh, why oh, am I having a, a blank on this former U.S. men's defender who played for Houston Dynamo, who we uh, talked would never retire. He reminds me of that player. <laughs> I'm having a brain fart. He's a player, but never retired. DeMarcus Beasley? Beasley, yes. Yeah. Thank you. He reminds me of Beasley so much Uh, in his like his relentlessness and his skill on the ball. Like, uh, He's so aggressive when he's running, but he's so calm when he has possession. So, yeah. Shout out to Kelly Acosta.
0: I would agree with that. Fantastic. Oh, one of the only players to start both this final and the Nations Cup final, um, mm. which the, the U.S. also won. Yeah. Um, with these two final wins over Mexico, what does that mean for the US Team going
1: forward, going to the World Cup
0: qualifiers?
1: I think it is the stepping stone that we build our qualifiers out of, right? Uh, the 2014 squad had that success and that success builds a belief that you can win. Even if it has to be scrappy wins, even if mistakes happen, I, you believe that you can win games. And that's where the chant comes from. Like, I believe that we will win. That's this generation's first stepping stone towards that. We've gotten two big wins over Mexico in two finals.
0: It also shows your depth, or our depth. Because this was a reserve squad, pretty much, minus Taylor mm-hmm. Costa. But now, at goalkeeper, is it Zach Steffen or is it Matt Turner? Because Matt Turner only let in one
1: goal the entire tournament. Yeah, Turner is just, yeah, he was impressed me so much this this tournament. It, is it, It's not too late for him to go overseas, is it? Because,
0: like, sure he's in New England, sure he's... Like consistently a uh, gold, uh, golden gloves contender for MLS but that performance had to have some sort of
1: some stouts in the European like hey what about this guy you know I, I I think it's never too late I would like to see him go uh maybe he goes to Netherlands yeah, yeah Netherlands yeah
0: I, I could see that somewhere like <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm trying to think of teams in the Netherlands that aren't Iats and PSV eindhoven like Feyenoord. Or I don't know Hag Heracles yeah. yeah Maybe one of those Maybe someone mm-hmm. uh, Mid-tier uh, uh Dutch side yeah. Or Even Belgium I think Ethan Horvath Had some success there Maybe I don't know He played so well That it's was like Why is <laughs> not Manchester United Just sign him Davide <laughs> Also Obviously a problem Matt Turner Obviously For Davide Haya. Easy trade. I think they just swap players and like. <laughs> I mean, New England would be taking quite a hit there in goal, if I'm honest.
1: I <laughs> yeah. also I don't think they can afford the you know 350 million <laughs> a week for a player who doesn't perform.
0: Right, but then <laughs> like even this tournament, this, the the center backs were fantastic as well. Because again, only one goal conceded all tournament. James Sands okay. who plays for New York City. He's young. He was a fantastic back there. Miles Robinson. He deserves a shout somewhere in a better lead. And I know we're supposed to be an MLS slash Minnesota United podcast, but I want to see these U.S.
1: guys just take over the world. Yeah. I think that kid needs to fast track Austria to Bundesliga. Like, like.
0: Yeah. Get Jesse Marsh on the phone. Like, hey. Yeah. Send him to Salzburg. I'll get him in two years. Like, exactly. Come on, man. Or even. I mean, we've we've seen kind of exodus of players to Italy in the past couple of years, and um, most recently Gianluca Busio. Is there no one else they'd want to sign in Italy? Like, Wes Martinis now there, Tanner Testman's also at Venezia. These, I like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm surprised more players haven't left yet. When they, I mean, the transfer window is closed overseas, so they still can. But like James Sands, and. Uh, Miles Robinson Shaq Moore on the right was fantastic Matthew Hoppe is currently set to play in the uh, second Bundesliga for Schalke but really impressed me as well uh, for the, the US this uh, tournament but then you also have like this was without McKinney without Pulisic without Sargent without Cannon without uh, Brooks yeah Right. Like, we have depth there's depth now when was the last mm-hmm. time we were like it was the last time we had that in the u.s setup?
1: 2014
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's exciting but the, the the next challenge is is the hex is the octodon whatever it is now mm-hmm. um but honestly all faith in uh i forgot his name uh, greg bear triple yeah. g himself mm-hmm. i think it's it's he, he knows what he's doing. He's finally, his his style of play he wanted to play is finally implemented and finally working well. I mean, two wins in finals over Mexico in a year is unheard of because it's never happened before. Um, let's move on because we're almost at an hour. I yeah. To I'm the Olymp- thinking, Olympics. Yeah.
1: I want to quickly cover the Olympics. I need to take a quick break, though. Okay. Give me a sec. No yeah, we'll pause.
0: And we're back. Sasha. Olympics.
1: Yeah, so as we're recording this, the Women's Olympic Tournament is over. Uh, Canada has secured the gold, Sweden the silver, and U.S. take the bronze. And I'm going to quickly go over how we got there. Uh, Canada and Sweden went 1-1 in the final of the Gold Cup match. Uh, Canada won 3-2 on penalty kicks. I'm here more to focus on the U.S. women. Uh, Last match we hand-covered was versus Netherlands. We got 2-2 draw, and we advanced on 4-2 on the penalty shootout. Uh player of the match was Alyssa Nea here in goal. She came up big so many times. Um, Samuels also came online, uh, as as did Lynn Williams, who scored a goal and got an assist on Samuels' goal. Uh, this was the like the hurdle match we needed to get over, and I had doubts about. But having gotten over this, I think there was this belief that we would definitely get a medal. Maybe not gold, but definitely a medal. Uh, we went into the semifinals against Canada. Canada looked like the better team. I even my one prediction yeah. that I made right before the final match was that Canada could beat Sweden, and it was because of this match. We looked way more tired than Canada did, and in a tournament where the games come this quickly, fatigue and uh, energy are, are a big factor. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately for us, Lillis Nair came off in the thirtieth minute. Uh, she actually got injured in the nineteenth minute and continued to play, but as she took a uh, a kick, she like. One for a goal kick. Uh, you could instantly see that she was injured afterwards and she called for a sub. So Adriana French got to play the rest of the tournament. I like French. I'm a big advocate of her. But I'll go in about how well she played later. She got tested really quickly, though, in second half. She had to, uh, you know, face a PK in the 72nd minute. Uh, this was caused by defender and youngster Tina Davidson, who committed a foul on Rose Deanne in the box. A little controversial, but it was a clear foul. Uh davidson was trying to clear the ball out and rose gets her body in front of it so Deanne ends up or davidson ends up kicking the back of rose's leg inside the box it's mm-hmm. called pk yeah. nothing you can do about it a little harsh yeah but the, the the right call i shouldn't say harsh it was the yeah. right call um french dives the right way but she isn't able to extend uh enough to save the ball and kando advances through to the final one zero it sucks that the only difference was a poundy kick, but that's how it works out some way, sometimes. Uh, that yeah. puts us in the bronze match, a rematch against Australia. Um, Australia was the game, last game of the group for us, and it was 0-0, very boring, not what you expected, considering the pedigree of strikers on each team. Uh, so, the score we got around this time was a little more reflective of that it was 4-3 this game was so much fun to watch i think a little bit of the pressure from for like hey we're not going for gold you know allowed this team to play a little more stylistically they were able to be relaxed and and show off what they had still a lot of weakness in the defense though um it was kind of weakness in defense on both sides which is why so many goals were scored um I should mention there are three NWSL veterans on Australia's side who now play in Europe. The Sam Kerr, who played for Chicago Red Stars. She's now at Chelsea. Caitlin Ford, the youngster from Portland Thorns, is at Arsenal. And Kia Simone, it went from Houston Dash, she's playing for PSV, Eindhoven. So they are also a stacked... Maybe they don't have as much of a deep uh, front three, but they are stacked. Um, if you watch the highlights from this game, you know Megan Rimpito popped off. Olympico very early on in the 8th minute. <laughs> That could have been goal of the tournament if it had not been for her second goal, which is a crossbody volley, <laughs> poor clearance by Australia. This one's unsavable. This one's like a, a fucking rocket to the top. Um, not to be undone by her teammate Carly Lloyd also scored a brace. Uh, hers a little more clinical, uh, like sniper shots. She sets the Olympic career record with 10 goals with her second goal that game. Um, Australia go- Australia's goals came from Sam Kerr, assisted by Ford, then Ford, and lastly, midfielder Yelnick in the 90th minute, absolute rocket. She outruns Julia Ertz, who is like completely gassed at this point, and from center field just shoots it down at French. French like can't doesn't see it coming. Um, fun note: Yelnik is a former Liverpool player from like old old days, like 2012. Back <laughs> when they were dead, probably because they're not good anymore. No.
0: Um, <laughs> um, so. You have some thoughts about this US international Team. How do you think... What, what what went wrong? What are your overall impressions of the tournament for the USWM? Yeah, I think... Uh, the the USWM. Th- Yeah.
1: There's no doubt that we're still the best in the world because we kind of went out and played poorly and still got bronze. Like, that's my overall impression. Uh, I feel like the players were in two different camps. I think there were players who showed up and were ready to play. And I think there was a camp of people who were very unprepared. And that whole group, both those groups got affected by tiredness, and a lot of out-of-sync issues. I wouldn't be surprised if a story breaks later, revealing some more insight into that. Um, I'm not going to speculate about it right now. I do have like a quick rating of players I thought were either good, inconsistent, or need to be better um, throughout the whole tournament. I think good we had Nair while she was in goal. Rapinoe, Lloyd, Alex Morgan, Lindsay Horan, Rose Lavelle, and Crystal Dunn, the only defender to make that list, uh, were good all the way through. Uh, I think Eretz was inconsistent. And by inconsistent, I don't mean bad. I mean, they had times where they were really good and times when they should have been better and you expected more from them. Uh, So there was Eretz, Samuels, French, Camper, Sonnet, Press, and Lynn Williams. French could have been in the lowest category and needs to be done better, but the circumstances of how she got put into the game and then instantly had to go and face the PK was was a shame. Uh, A little harsh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The last group... I put the rest of the defense in the needs to be better. Sauerbrunn, Davidson, O'Hara, Tobin Heath. You could make an argument for O'Hara to be in the inconsistent because she did have some time, good place, but I really expected more from her. Um, overall, I think the women who came from Chicago Red Stars and Manchester United need to be better. But maybe their relationship with the club, uh, or how, where the clubs are at, affected their play. Well, that
0: was probably the most thorough women's Olympic team, uh, Games roundup you'll get from a Minnesota-based podcast. Yeah. I, I'm comfortable saying that. So I'll um, move on to the men's very quickly. We mentioned that the, like, we don't want this final. Mm-hmm. This be the most boring yeah. final. And it, it happened. Yeah. Uh, Spain versus Brazil. Um, so that sucks. But some good games are up to it. Quarterfinals, Spain 5, Ivory Coast 2. Uh, Japan nil New Zealand nil Japan advanced on penalties Brazil one Egypt nil Korea three Metro six and then semifinals Metro nil Brazil nil Brazil won four one on penalties uh, Spain one Japan nil uh, the Browns match happened I think yesterday yeah. uh, Metro three Japan one so they they, they got one little trophy yeah <laughs> this year didn't get the gold cup for the uf uf nations or uf Half nations league so suck it mexico
1: i guess <laughs> um sasha we're at an yeah. hour where can they find you on, <laughs> on online uh you can find me at alexander Sourceloth on instagram <clears throat> the podcast at, is at two fans across all platforms i'm at
0: FC on twitter at caleb olson 716 on instagram uh, special thanks to our lead commissioner, Tear, uh, Eric, Hi, dad, for $20 a month at patreon.com slash TWO United Fans. You can have a shout out at the end of every, every episode. Special thanks to Tectonics for the use of, our song, of their song. "Lustless," as our theme music. It's not our song, it's their song, but it's our theme music. Um, check them out on YouTube and Facebook and Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Um, shout out to Sunny Lee Shout out to The Mad Villain MF Doom Rest in peace